0: Hello and welcome back. My name is Luke and you're listening to another episode of The Next Stage Podcast. We all know Paris Hilton walked so Kim Kardashian could run. But the reality TV star turned DJ is not resting on her laurels. She's getting into crypto, NFTs, and the metaverse. In this episode of The Next Stage, Paris and her venture capitalist husband, Carter Room, talk about how NFTs and the blockchain are changing the creator economy. Paris and Carter, thanks for joining us. Um, Let's start off paris what is the state of kind of the celebrity influencer right now we're kind of coming out of covid we're still there but a little spring in the air like what is happening right now
1: well i think that a lot of people have had a lot of time to reflect um people have definitely changed their business model Uh, for me i was traveling over 250 days out of the year and like a lot of influencers we used to travel a lot and um now within this past year i just think that people are really just using the technology that's available and all the new platforms like clubhouse and getting into nfts and there's just a lot of more exciting things that are happening right now
2: yeah i think what's really interesting i mean one of the things that we're seeing and it's been fun to watch the world through paris's eyes is just that i think we're going to live in this kind of golden era of the kind of crater economy right when you think about things like nfts and kind of other technologies, right? We're kind of living in a time where there's a democratization of good creators, right? And so you think about something like TikTok, right? It's algorithmic based rather than follower based. So if you have an incredible dance talent or comedic talent, right? You could have 2,000 followers, yet 15 million people could watch your video, right? And so I think it is an interesting time for all these different things.
0: And, you know, with, you know, with COVID and everyone being kind of isolated, we've been living digitally, living our phones. You know, that's a huge spike in social media, TikTok, and almost a new resurgence of all these audio companies, which we'll talk about in a minute. What do you think is going to happen when things open up? Like, I mean, Paris, you said you're on the, on the road 250 days last year. Like, when the world returns, are you going to be on the road the same? A little like, is it going to be a pendulum swing? Like, what's what do you anticipate? Everyone anticipate kind of is going to happen with the mix of this new hybrid world.
1: Well, for myself personally, I'm not going to want to be on a plane and be traveling for 250 days of the year because I have this guy and I love being at home with him. And just in this past year, I've learned just how much I can get done from home. And um, I'm really looking forward to the future of that. And that's why also I have right now in uh, my podcast studio here at our home. So it's amazing that you can really get so much work done from home. But of course, I would like to travel again one day, but definitely going to cut it down because it's just way too much.
2: And I think you hit the nail on the head, Steve, when you talked about kind of convergence or hybrid, right? I mean, you know, it's amazing watching Paris DJ, right? Early in COVID, she was doing virtual DJ sets, but it very much felt like a in real life approach that was just digitized, Mm -hmm. right? And that didn't feel that uh, engaging, things like that. She recently DJed, you know, 60 days ago and it was on Twitch. With viewer comments coming out, you know, she was shouting out to listeners, things like that. And so I think, you know, necessity is the mother of all innovation. And I think whether it's work from home or how do you be a DJ or how do you think about NFTs or how do you think about audio, the world has uh, exponentially changed and exponentially adapted. And so I think there is going to be this world where clearly there's times where there's nothing that replaces being a DJ in a nightclub. But at their times, there's yeah. going to be experiences where DJing in a virtual world, whether that's Roblox or something else, might be just as good because you could stay at home and do that, right? And what's great about it is it is this kind of democratization or equalizer, right? All of a sudden, I don't need to fly to Vegas to hear Paris DJ, right? I could be across Mm. the world and have maybe not quite the same experience, but a similar experience, right? And so it's that convergence.
0: Yeah, so the in-person stuff, like you said, you can't replace being in a club live, but now that people are accustomed to more virtual things, whether it's a concert or a, a, you know a DJ set or even like a, a you know anything live, it's a great kind of filler. It's a great it's a great kind of Plan B.
2: Yeah, I think that's you hit the nail on the head. It's like Paris and I talk about a lot. It's where you're seeing the gaps between in real life and digital close. Right, there's certain things in our life during COVID. You say, Gosh, I can't wait till COVID's done. and I want to go back to that. Right. But there's certain things where the gap has closed and sure, you know, one might be slightly better than the others, but it's amazing how quickly the gaps have closed in. And I think right. those are the areas that are really exciting because they will take a hybrid approach longer term versus some areas you go, gosh, there's just no way to replicate what it was like in real life, right? But others have really converged.
1: And I've always been someone who loves to optimize my time. That's why you know, being a businesswoman and a brand, when I would be flying all around the world, that's how I got into DJing because I told my team, I would rather get as much done as possible. If I'm going to be flying 20 hours, um, let's have me doing things all day with business meetings and appearances, and then at night, DJ wherever is the best nightclub or festival that's happening in that area. And also now I feel that everyone's really learned what how to optimize your time with work, like doing meetings on Zoom. I've just gotten so much more done than I ever have in my life without having to travel or fly or be in traffic. Um, so I just think it's really incredible, like this time we're in right now and how much people have learned.
0: Yeah, even before, you know, tw- 2020, the influencer market, the influencer um, I guess ecosystem is really picking up steam. I think this is just, you know... L- the pandemic has just thrown, you know, fuel on that, that crazy fire. Like what is the, the what is the world of the influencer, the world of branding look like um, you know, in the next second half of this year going forward?
2: I think one thing that that we think about at M13, and then I'll of Paris chime in is I think we're gonna live in this golden era of kind of fandom, right? And so I think you're seeing a lot of tools at M thirteen. We invested in a in an app called Clash that allows kind of creators to kind of monetize their audience, but you realize there's global celebrities like Paris, but there's also on the other end of the extreme, there's that person in your friend group that lives in your small town that influences you in some way. And so I think when you, you're going to see a lot of different tools, again, whether that's NFTs, which is allowing a creator to get closer with their end consumer, but also sharing the upside of that over a longer period of time, or you're going to find you know, that person you look for for certain advice, or you just love their dancing or their comedic. The ability for a lot of different people to monetize versus when you think about it traditionally going backwards, it was the world of the influencer, but they tended to be larger influencers that rose to the top. I think now there's just going to be a more equal level uh, kind of playing field for the influencers.
0: Yeah, and tell me more of the, the NFTs. I want to hear it from Carter as an investor into Paris as a creator as well. I mean, I think, you know. A lot of people listening probably they've heard of it. They might be experts, but also they might have known it from the the you know that seventy million dollar artwork, or they might know it from the uh, the um, the basketball clips. Like, how do you see NFTs playing a role for influencers and for investors alike?
2: Steve, I thought you were going to bring up that uh, Paris actually won NFT charity artist of the year last year. Uh, I'm told the NFT awards aren't quite as prestigious as the Oscars quite yet, but they're there. Uh, <laughs> Getting so there, so yeah. NFT last year for charity. Um, but yeah, I think what I'll start- I did bring it up, I brought it up, I brought it up softly, up soft Yeah, exactly, I you I it, it up. up to me, I like it. Yes. Now, I, I think what's interesting, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of hype and euphoria about NFTs. You know, I think that could be said for a lot of different industries. I think it's very clear that the reasons for being for NFTs are, tech, are reasons for being that are gonna be here for the long-term, and what I mean by that is, again, it gives the power back to the creator, whether you're doing it in music, Whether you're doing it in fashion, whether you're doing it in art, again, it's taking out a lot of the middlemen and allowing whatever you're a creator in to reach your end customer or somebody that can appreciate your craft. And it's doing so that allows it for um, better economics, more authenticity, right, because you can track these things and things like that. And so, you know, I think it will be interesting. I think NFTs, arguably, the reason it's got so much hype is it is the most here and now use case of the blockchain, right? When you think about kind yeah. of all, all the different things that it allows for.
0: Yeah. Paris, recently you've done an NFT yourself. Like, take me through this process. I want to hear about how it works, what it actually was, um, and just, you know, take me through from, you know, start to finish here.
1: I'm just so excited about this whole new NFT world. I think it's definitely the future of art. Everything is going digital and um, it's very exciting to be a part of. And I've been talking to a lot of amazing leaders in this space, like Whale Shark, who's been an incredible mentor. So I learned so much about it in the past few months. And um, my first drop was with Blake Catherine. She is an incredible female artist and uh, really speaks to me as a woman. So um, we connected um, through Nifty. I was just super excited because I've always loved her work. And um, we were really inspired to do something about my animals and also these dreamscapes and spaces that are safe and beautiful and feminine and just empowering other women to be creative in this space. Um, So I'm super excited with how the drop went and now I'm gearing up for the next one which is happening next month. So, um,
2: don't spoil yeah. it, Paris. Okay. Exactly. Yeah,
1: so exactly. I don't think
2: she's announced it yet, but yeah, she's yeah. Uh, she's got a few more tricks up her sleeve when it comes to the NFT space. So
0: where's it go from here? I like, mean, someone like you, Paris. Like I, I was, I watched your documentary on YouTube recently, and you know, people are saying that you invented the selfie. You are the you know the first influencer. You have all this vintage kind of like you know digital assets that you own you know whether they're like if if people can auction off like basketball clips you can auction off you know famous shots or famous scenes like are also like someone like you are you thinking about this kind of library of things that might be able to monetize whether it's for a charity whether it's for yourself like what's kind of like where's people's brains at right now in the celebrity world
1: i feel like the possibilities are really endless and with myself being you know an artist in the art world as well as my TV shows and music and just memorabilia I even have, there is so much. So um, yeah, we've just been going through it all and picking out the perfect things for each drop. But,
2: um, it's yeah, really interesting. So when, when you try to get your hands around NFTs, people say, well, why would someone pay something for a digital piece of artwork or a digital yeah. LeBron James dunk? But then you think to yourself, like, why would someone pay for a baseball card, right? A baseball card is a piece of cardboard with an inkjet printer on top of it? Or why would someone pay for a baseball bat that somebody used in a baseball game? And what's interesting about so many, you know, at Ed13, we always think about what's the future consumer behavior five or ten years into the future? And a lot of these things seem really hard to get your hands around until you kind of think they've all had cues going backwards, right? And so when you think about NFTs, this is just, you know, going after the $370 billion digital or collectible space, but it's kind of catching up with the world that we're living in, right? And the fact that, right, you know that whatever, whether it's an artwork or a piece of music or something like that, you know that it's authenticated, right? You can imagine, right, why does somebody buy nice clothes? They buy nice clothes so when they go to a party, somebody says, oh, I love what you're wearing. Well, in a world where five or 10 years from now, we're all moving around Roblox and virtual worlds, why wouldn't you want a, a virtual, you know, an NFT of a virtual good or some sneakers or something like that? Because you know you can see it's the same status you're getting from that as you take these NFTs and move around the metaverse yeah. as you do, kind of in real life. Do
0: you think like investors are looking like just how you know recently, like you know how you know people like Bob Dylan sold his you know catalog for you know almost like a billion dollars, and you know artists and actors and people like Paris who've lived in the digital life for 20 years, like are are there gonna be investors trying to buy like Paris's uh you know digital catalog and try to monetize it? Because there's such a endless supply of of, uh, of these digital things and especially you know people that have been kind of like pop icons for you know a decade and a half like that's real That sounds like it's a wealth of uh you know kind of a wealth of assets there.
2: Well as her fiance I sure hope so Steve. There you go. But yeah I think I think like I think it's like anything, right? Like there's there's been you know hundreds of thousands of nFTs minted right people are have focused on a small number that have really broken through and, and been successful. I think you know there will be a mad rush here of everyone trying to enter the space, but then at the end of the day, it's what does somebody want to collect right So I think when you look at Jack Dorsey selling the first tweet that has that's no different than a baseball bat that somebody used in a famous game. That was the first tweet right in a very successful kind of platform. And so I think, you know, even as Paris is doing it, she's a lot of people don't realize she's such a student of the game. And that's why she always has been an innovator. Right. So we talk about NFTs. i had been talking to her about it. She would kind of been listening. We'd read some articles. And then I woke up two different days in a row that after I had fallen asleep, Paris had gone in some NFT chat rooms in Clubhouse and she said I just jumped onto Clubhouse I was learning about NFTs and the next day I wake up to tweets like oh Paris Hilton was so great she was learning about NFTs right and so I think she's she's doing a good job and I think others are as well in terms of this is clearly very exciting technology but you still have to be thoughtful about the use cases and there will be certain use cases that really make a lot of sense and other ones that people will try and go uh that's probably not a great use case right or or that
0: kind of thing very cool i think uh, i think we're running out of time i think i have one more question uh time for one more question paris a a lot of this talk about nfts and also just talking about social media it's really about control control for the celebrity when you first uh kind of came in the public eye you're always at the mercy of the paparazzi or what people magazine was writing or even what the uh what the producers of the simple life would cut and edit nowadays you know you have that power you you can you can publish what you're your own publisher, you're your own producer. What does that mean for someone like you to have that power and control?
1: It's an incredible feeling. I feel that I can finally take control of my own narrative and tell my story. And that's why I'm so excited that I just launched my podcast with iHeartRadio. It's called This is Paris. And on there, I can just really just say whatever I want to talk about, speak freely, have amazing conversations with my friends and different celebrities that come on. And, um, Yeah, it's amazing just to have that control back because I just feel that people have been writing my narrative for way too long and it was hardly ever the truth. Um, So now people can finally get to know the real me. And um, I'm just so proud and excited and I love the iHeart family. So it's been really incredible.
0: That's awesome. That's a great, I think that's a great spot to end. Um, Appreciate it, Carter, Paris, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. So until next week, see you then.